Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you again this week for a timely discussion, Rents on the Move. I think everybody that is in or around multifamily real estate investing or even has a little bit of interest knows that rents are rising. Why? Why are rents going up? And what does that actually mean that rents are going up? So this week, I'm going to share three real examples with you of what's going on in the marketplace and share a little bit about what we think is driving that behavior. As always, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And don't forget to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com for lots of great additional educational content. Okay, so let's get into it. Rents are up. Everybody knows that, although I don't think everybody knows what that actually means. Are rents doubling? Are they up 5%? Are they up as much as they've been Historically, what's going to happen when the full force of a recession hits, whether that's technically where we are now because we've had two quarters of GDP retraction, or is that still to come? Lots and lots of questions around rents. So I want to walk through three different scenarios, and these are real-world scenarios. These actually happen and share some data with you. And then maybe we can take a look at why that's going on and see if we can get an answer to what is it that's actually going on in the rental market. Now, before I do that, obviously the reason we all care about that is that has a lot to do with the investment world that we operate in. Growing rents is an important part of not only generating cash flow for returns on our investments, but also for growing the value of these commercial assets. So we're very interested in that. And rent growth at the expense of occupancy, especially significant expense of occupancy, isn't good for business. So getting high rents, but driving occupancy into the 80s or 70s to do it doesn't make a lot of sense. So how does all that work? And what's best for us as investors? And how does that work in the marketplace? That's what we're going to talk about here. Okay, so the first example we're going to take a look at is a new lease. So in this situation, again, this is a real world situation. We have a tenant who gave notice, right? I'm a tenant in a property. Maybe I've been there a year. Maybe I've been there four or five years my lease comes up for expiration and I call the office and I say, yeah, I am moving on. Maybe I've bought a home. Maybe I'm just moving to another apartment somewhere. Maybe I'm moving out of town. Don't know, doesn't really matter. We've got a tenant who said they're leaving, which by the way is okay. We not only expect and plan for, but need about half the tenants to move out every month from an expiration standpoint. So if there's 
12 expirations that month. You want about six of them to stay and renew and about six of them to move. And what that does is that gives us some new inventory that we can lease to new tenants because there's new demand. And it gives us a chance to get in and either do some detailed maintenance on a unit or make some improvements if that's something we're going to be doing at that particular asset. So this tenant gives notice. And in this example, this tenant had been paying $859 a month for their unit. Now, we had a target for that because we believed, based on what we were getting for other units in our property that were the same size, as well as looking in the marketplace, we believed that we could get about $1,215. That's a huge jump. And the reason we believe that is because, as I said, we're getting that from other tenants in our property. And when we look around, we think that's a reasonable rent. Now, the only way we know if it's reasonable is to put that number out there. If, for example, we had 10 units available and we put them all out there at $1,215 and every one of them leased, then we're probably not at the market. 1,215 is probably a little low. We probably need to go a little higher. Now, if only one of them leased and nine of them sat empty, then $1,215 is probably too high. So we're waiting to hear the market talk to us. So we put this unit on the market at $1,215. That was our target. We had prospective tenants come in and look at that, and we did sign a new lease. And I'm not sure the exact timing. I think it was within a couple of weeks. So this unit sat vacant for a very modest amount of time. That new tenant signed a lease at $1,266, a $407 increase over the prior tenant's rent. That's 47%, a 47% increase. And by the way, $51 over what we actually thought the market was. Now I'm going to come back to why that tenant signed that lease so we can try and answer the question of why. But that's the first scenario. New leases, so vacant units, are leasing at or above the targets we have in the market. And this is not something just unique to Mara Polling. Obviously, we're very proud of the work we do, and we like to think that we do the work very well. Lots of people do the work really well. And this is very common in the market right now that significant rent increases are achievable and tenants are signing those leases. Now let's look at the next example, and that is renewals. So again, another real world situation, different property. So there's an existing tenant. I don't, again, I don't know if this tenant's a one year tenant or 10 years, but an existing tenant. And that tenant is paying $705 a month and they get their notice that their lease is expiring. And with that notice is a new rent offer from us that we'd love to have you stay. And this is what we would like. Uh, and we asked $1,063 for that unit, which, by the way, is slightly above the target we had of $1,050 for that floor plan. Uh, and the reason it's a little bit higher 
uh, again, is because of availability of the units. So we nudged the number up a little bit on that one. So the tenant stated, that's going to be too high. Where do I sign to tell you I'm moving out? And uh, when my term is up, I'll, I'll move out. Same process that the prior tenant had gone through that we just talked about. I'm going to move out. Now, this tenant wasn't leaving the area, wasn't buying a home, was still going to rent, just wasn't going to be able to or wasn't interested in paying the $1,063. So they signed, uh, pardon me, so they signed their um, uh, vacancy notice and uh, set about getting themselves ready to leave. About a week later, that tenant came back into the office and said, I'd like to cancel my vacancy letter and I'd like to sign the lease that you offered. And they did so. Uh, they signed a lease at $1,063, a $358 increase, 51%. Again, why? We're going to come back to that in just a moment. So we've got new leases that are leasing for significantly more dollars than what they have been leased at just the year prior. And we have renewals where tenants are staying and paying double digit increases. Now in both these examples, and these are probably closer to the extremes, we're talking about increases that are bordering on 50%. That is uh, truly significant and not something I would expect we would see on a normal basis. Okay, let's look at the last example, the last scenario. And that is just looking at a property uh, in general. So we've got an asset uh, that we've owned for several years. It's in one of the solid markets that we're invested in in Texas. Um, nothing terribly exciting about this asset. We're not putting any big capital improvements into it. We've held it for a few years, so we've done most of what we wanted to do to it. We're basically just managing the unit well. Since the beginning of 2022, we have moved our market rents. So that's what our target is. And I'm just going to use an example. Let's say our target at the beginning of the year was $1,000. We have moved those target rents 10% since the beginning of the year, meaning we started the year asking $1,000. We're now asking $1,100 for the exact same units. Occupancy hasn't changed. We continue to get the rents that we are asking for. This is all simply base rent movement. So what is going on in the marketplace that, Leases that are available to new tenants, right? Somebody moves out and a new tenant moves in and a new tenant is willing to pay a significantly higher rent than the prior tenant. That existing tenants are willing to pay 10 and 20 and in the example I gave as much as 50% more than what they're paying today. And that market rents can move, gosh, something on the order of one and a half to two percent a month and the occupancy at those properties stays steady well what's behind that 
is good old-fashioned supply and demand. And the best example of that we can give is let's look at that renewal tenant. We'll start there. The tenant that gave their notice and said that several hundred dollar increase was going to be too much. I don't want to pay that much to stay. I'm going to leave. And they went out and they looked. And that's what they told us. When they came back and said, can I tear that vacancy letter up? I'd like to stay and I'll sign the lease that you offered me. In that conversation, they told us. I went out and researched. I looked at other properties. And what I found was the rent you were asking for was very fair relative to what others are asking for out there. It might even be a little cheaper than what I found looking around. Two, there weren't many units available. I'm very grateful that I have a unit today. And three, I like living here. I like the property. I like the way it's maintained. I've enjoyed living here. I find that much value that I will pay that rent. So the combination of what the market was charging, but also very importantly, how many units were available. I think had that tenant possibly found a half a dozen available units at every property they looked at, such that they could then pick from any of them where they might want to go, they might very well have left. But the fact that they saw a very small number of available units reinforced to them that having an actual lease today, there's value in that. And then the final component of that is something that we strive for and everyone should strive for. So if you own your own assets or you're invested passively with a sponsor, your sponsor should be doing this. And that is to make the tenant experience as positive as it can be so that when renewal time comes and a tenant's not going to renew and pay an exorbitant increase in rents just because they like living there, but that might be the little piece that just nudges them over the edge to say, okay, I'm going to stay. Now, what about the new leases? Well, that tenant is shopping in the same kind of a market. They're out looking. There's not a lot of availability, number one. They're seeing very comparable rents around the market. And for new leases, this tenant does not experience the rent increase because they weren't paying $859. The prior tenant was. This tenant is coming in. And by the way, while our target was $1,215, the offer we made to this tenant, the rent that we proposed was $1,266, which is what they signed the lease for. That tenant did not have visibility to the $859 or the $1,215. They were simply provided, this unit is available. It looks like this. And you can secure this unit for $1,266 a month. They looked at that and said, that's a good value, especially given what I see in the marketplace. I'll take it. So one tenant did experience a big increase. That's the renewal, but felt real value in it because they were grateful to have a unit and they liked the experience of living in our property. 
the new tenant didn't have that experience yet, but also didn't experience this as an increase. I don't know the particulars about that individual. They might have been moving from a larger, more expensive market and might actually look at 1266 as a bargain. Maybe they were paying $1,500 before in their old unit. Well, what about the final example we use, the overall market rents moving, where we're up at this one property that I used as an example, 10% since the beginning of the year. And if you, th if you think about that, right, to, to move that much every single month, that is so substantial when it was not that long ago that markets moved 3 to 5% a year, and 5% was very aggressive. Two and a half to three percent was very typical. So we're talking about almost that much movement in six to eight weeks as opposed to an entire year. What's making that happen? Well, what's making that happen is those same impacts, but going on in the entire marketplace. So this is not a Mara polling experience. This is a class B experience. Now, Class C doesn't have the same kind of rent movement going right now. C's rents don't move substantially. They are moving, but they don't move like B's. And A's, A's are a different beast and operate very differently and obviously have much higher rents uh, to start with. So what does, what does this tell us? What do these three scenarios tell us? Well, what, what it tells us is that the underlying value that we have seen in multifamily for the last five, maybe even 10 years now, is this ongoing imbalance between the supply of available units and the demand for those units. With a economy that's growing, people earning more, higher uh, employment, lower unemployment, and a more mobile society, especially a more mobile society that in the last couple of years places a much higher value on what home life is like. Because for many people, home life is also where they work now. All of those values combined with the fact that there simply is not new supply in the Class B space is moving rents up. Now, what I'm describing is obviously in the apartment world, we deal in the 100 to 400 unit size complexes. I know that that's happening in both larger and smaller complexes. We also know that that's happening in the single family rental marketplace. Single family rents are up as well for the exact same reasons. Will that continue? No, this is going to stop. Anyone uh, that thinks we're going to see double-digit increases in perpetuity, it's just not going to happen. And I can tell you why. Let's say that it, it would happen. Let's just say that we could keep this kind of torrid pace. At some point in time, a Class B is going to begin to catch up to a Class A in one of two ways, either in terms of actual rent. So, in the example I gave $1,200, for example, for this unit, what if I was able to raise that rent to $1,300, to $1,500, to $1,700? I'm getting awfully close to the Class A rents. So if that happens, now Class A's become part of the supply, and that begins to temper things a little bit. 
But more importantly, if rents were to grow in that manner very rapidly, we would see significant increases in net operating income across the industry. And those increases in net operating income would bring with them increased valuations, meaning the units would be worth more. Today, in the markets we operate in, a Class B unit probably sells for around $120,000 a door. Now, that's up considerably from where it was just a few years ago, where we were you know, maybe in the eighty-five dollars to $90,000 range. Now, the reason we don't have new supply, or at least part of the reason, is because it costs much more than that in order to build a new unit. But if rents keep going up and NOI goes up, we will get to a place at some point in time where these units are worth $150,000, $200,000. And when they're worth $200,000, now you can build a new unit and supply will begin to come in the marketplace. I would be more than happy to have that happen. And I think all of us would. And the reason why is that would represent such an enormous increase in the value of all the investments that we've made that I think we'd all welcome some new supply. And just as good citizens, we'd all like to see the housing challenge addressed in some way. Is it likely that that's going to occur? We would say not. We think this a short-term phenomena where we can move rents substantially like this is a short-term phenomena. Uh, it doesn't seem to be abating. We think 2022 will continue to look like this. It's quite possible that it continues uh, into 2023 uh, and maybe even deep into 2023. We are not forecasting two or three or four years of this kind of rental activity. We do believe that we will be pulling back to a more reasonable pace. And the way that will happen is we will get more tenants that say no thank you, like our renewal tenant initially did, and they'll mean it. They won't come back and rent that unit. They'll go and do something different, move to another property, leave the area, move in with friends, do something else. But there will be a slowing of demand because the rents will get to a place where other alternatives make more sense for individuals. And when that happens, we'll see occupancies pull back. And when occupancy pulls back, that's the signal to us that we have found out where the market is. Right now, we still don't know where the market is because people continue to say yes and sign leases. And as long as that happens, we'll move rents. But someday they will say no, thank you. And that's okay. We expect that. And we understand that this isn't going to fit for everyone. For the people that it does, that's great. And for those that it doesn't, that's great too. So I hope you found this week's session valuable. If you are an investor in a passive investment, meaning a syndication with a sponsor or with someone like Mara Polling, this might be a topic you'd ask some questions about to learn just what kind of rent movement is going on in your uh, asset or portfolio if you're invested in a fund like our total return fund. And if you have your own portfolio of assets, this is something to be given some thought to in terms of, well, just how much might I be able to move rents? Do that research that these prospective tenants and renewing tenants did so that you can ask for a very fair and potentially significant rent number. 
As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Please join us again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling.